Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? It is our AFL Grand Final edition this afternoon. The Giants taking on the Richmond Tigers at the MCG. If you're a footy fan, it all comes down to this this afternoon. Unfortunately, Redmond, the Cats aren't in the Grand Final. A bit disappointing. I'm not sure who was more disappointed, yourself or me, because uh, you've, you su- have, you've you, sucked me in. You have become a real uh, blonde white fan. I've always, I'm very proud of you. I've always loved my footy, but... You are, my mate Pat over here. Just I liked watching you boys run around, and I was shattered for you on the on the weekend. I was, I left, I left the mate's house early. I uh, watched the game, but as soon as it finished, I rang Kari to come pick me up because she was out at a dinner, and I made her come get me and take me home. I didn't even say bye. I just left, and probably what you did at the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a tough one to swallow, but all eyes are fixed, obviously on. Richmond and the Giants this afternoon. The AFL's newest team in the GWS, Giants, and one of the stalwarts of the competition in Richmond, one of the biggest supporter bases. I think um, in terms of ticket allocations, there's been about six or 7,000 Giants fans that have purchased tickets, and you compare that to what Richmond and their allocation. Well, they'll be up, they'll be sort of 30-odd plus. So there's obviously a lot of corporates in a, in a grand final environment, but uh, you'd imagine there'll be a fair few of the uh, Richmond contingencies in. Your tip? It's a contrasting um, style of play for mine, from, from Richmond, who are, who are um, heavily based their game around turnover at half-back. They love to roll yep. the extra number back and play an Bash extra... Bashahooli, Grimes. Play an extra in defence, absolutely. Um, so if you turn the ball over shallow against Richmond across their half-back line, they really love to slingshot it back the other direction and move it as quickly as they can, create space over the back with um, obviously their twin towers in Rewalt and, and Lynch, and then they've got the, the mix of the dangerous smalls around them. So GWS have to be mindful of not turning the ball over at a half-back and turning the ball over in undefendable positions. So that's going to be crucial for them. Richmond, don't rely on on dominating out of stoppages. We were really strong in our numbers and, and, and controlled play around there last week, but that's not their strength. That's not what their game is built around. But that being said, when they do win clearance, which generally they can see, but when they do win, they generate really good looks ahead of the ball. And that's why when you get the likes of Dustin Martin one-on-one and in space, you know the, the chances of scoring are quite high. So um, conversely, the, the AFL's newest team um, who have a plethora you know, of high-end 
uh, draft picks and talent. Um, Toby Green, massive inclusion. Lockie Whitfield, uh, another number one draft pick who, um, you know, after missing last week's final, he'll be crucial to the to their key of success. Um, Phil Davis, I think, is just about the most important player going into this game. If he can control their half-back line, he's the number one yep. um, player for intercept marks this season. If he can control intercept mark and make sure Lynch and, Lynch and Rewalt don't have too big of an impact, then GWS are a real chance. If that doesn't happen, um, then it's going to be tough for the Giants to win. Um, I'm going GWS, 1-39. to 39. Under thirty nine and first goal Jeremy nah, Jeremy Cameron to oh, kick four man. four or four plus if our man and MVP if our man kicks four plus I think they're in with a massive show. I like Jezzo. he's a good fella and uh, I reckon he's going to turn it on for me. Well, he uh, got him over the line last week against Collingwood, so there's no doubt about that. He's been uh, he's been in form, calm medalist. He'll be he'll be looking. Oh, I st- I time. think Richmond are going to win. I think they'll win, but I'm backing in GWS just because I want the I don't want Richmond to win. Nice. Redmond, <laughs> let's get into the show. Your week in fishing. You can follow us on Facebook, um, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventure Show, as well as Twitter and Instagram. You got offshore during the week, Redmond, and you chased a few fish inside as well. Yeah, it's um, finally, water temp is still low, but it's starting to heat up a bit, which is a great thing. It's not 10 degrees in the day. It's 12, like 12.4. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it hasn't quite heated up like it had last year. Um, the offshore snapper, I... I harped on about them and I'm safe to say I'll, I'll be honest I was a little bit wrong on when they were going to start um, that's purely weather based because I thought they were going to fire up a couple of weeks ago they just haven't yet well we had that little patch of um, a few weeks where the weather really started to change and we were both saying yeah well, it did I, I think now we're, we're in and then we've had a little yep. cold snap again well it was during the week the sun was out um it was still cold on the water, but a couple of light northerlies too, which was beautiful as well. Um, getting offshore and chasing the gummy sharks and the snapper, that they are well and truly there. Also, start you might start to see the odd barrel bluefin being caught out of the Port Phillip Bay heads. Um, the really, white, so they're going to start to come in. Well, I'm hoping there's a little current pushing around the top of Polo Bay, which I do like. It's not there yet, but I have been following it for the last couple of weeks. Are we talking about barrels, or are we talking about schoolfish? Because obviously, we've seen serious fish and to the point now where like we were discussing if uh, off air like are they here all year round mm. like they, they there's consistent numbers off portland yes there's the down patches we see but then all of a sudden they pick up again yeah it's it's one of those things um I don't, I don't know when the season's going to end. It sort of started early and it's going to finish late. But So like you said, I don't know, is there a month or two where you don't get them? But these, what I'm talking about, are the barrel bluefin. This time last year and the year before is when we started to see them. It was early October, actually, or probably slightly early, but it was early October. And, um, yeah, it's it's amazing to see if they do turn up. But the whiting were tough during the week, Pat. Um, now, if you want small whiting, and what I mean by small whiting, they're oversized, but they just got no nothing on them. They're like little pencils. There are plenty of them outside of St. Leonard's. Plenty of them. In six to eight metres of water, it is loaded with them. But fish them into the evening. You're not going to catch them during the day. Um, you might have the odd day where you pick them off, but the evening's the important part. Blair, Gary, and Sorrento. Now, that's been for terrific all down that way for big whiting. Much bigger fish. Portsy's been good too. But the problem with it only going on one tide, and it's the outgoing tide. Nothing on the incoming. Portsy. Why do you think that is? Um, I think it's to do with the water quality. Uh, Sorrento and their likes are very clean water. So Portsy, you're getting them on the incoming, not the outgoing. But I'm going that Sorrento, Blair, Gary way is definitely the outgoing tide. Um, but I think it's just purely the water water quality that comes through. 
Uh, so yeah, the whiting the whiting are much bigger up there. Just squid strips and a bit of pippy, and you can't you can't miss them really. Uh, find the boats as well; they're always a good indicator. I know, say get away, but that that's going to help you find the areas. But the snapper pat, Western Port. Now, Gwaine, uh spoke to Gwaine before I come in here. I uh, spoke to him yesterday, and he said to me, um, he was saying talking about the water temperature in Western Port. It's yep. the first to heat up. Top end of Western Port. So that'll heat up before Port Phillip Bay does. Yeah, it does. Clifton Springs is soon after that. Um, the in Cryo Bay. But the Western Port top of it, Gwaine had nearly 16 degrees. I think it was 15.4. So a couple of warm days like we had during the week. I wouldn't be surprised if it hits that magic 16. And that's when we're going to see the consistency of these oh, fish being caught. Yep. Yep. So there's good bycatch, nice um, small gummies. So oversized, great eating fish. Actually, Craig, who um, owns Salt Guide with me, he yes, took yep. some um, gummy home that they caught uh, bycatch for snapper the other day. And he goes, geez, I've noticed the small ones are 10 times bigger than better eating than the big ones. And to tell you the honest truth, and I'm not pumping up my own tires here, but 90% of my gummies I catch are 12 to sort of 30 kilo. So they're those bigger ones. These ones were only like three kilo, little ones. And I haven't eaten small ones for a long time, but he goes, it had no ammonia smell like the big ones we catch offshore. And then he reckons it was a much nicer eating fish, the small gummy. So that's another uh, fact, uh, food for thought there, because... Um, Smaller gummies, less ammonia smell, mm. cleaner fish. I don't know. He just reckons it was a big difference. So, a little bit of little bit of info there for you if you're after chasing some small gummies. Um, social media has lit up lit up uh, over the last week to two weeks. Um, there's been uh, a real divide amongst fishermen and spear fishermen because um, if you're reading reports, what's happening at the moment is when these massive um, schools of barrel bluefin tuna pop up. There's spear fishermen now that are jumping into the to the water. And if you're a wreck fish, oh, if you're a yeah, wreck fisho, a lot of the commentary has been um, this is ruining barrel fishing as we know it. Um, and there's been calls um, around government and legislation on how we can better control spear fishermen jumping into the um, into the yeah. into the water when you've got boats running up and down because you can't be within 50 metres, I think it is? Uh, you can be, but at a certain speed. So I think it's five knots under. Now, I know you understand, or well, you see both sides because um, you love your spear fishing, yep. but you're also a barrel... Uh, you're also fisherman a, as well. A fisherman as well. So you yeah, understand both sides. Boats. Um, but, but give us the arguments because mm. as a fisherman, this really pisses me off because you you know you work so hard and then all of a sudden you you basically destroys your chances as a wreck fisherman of being able to troll through there at the proper speeds if that's what you're doing yeah well um, when you've got divers in the water and i'm first hand to speak about this because i copped the first i was down off port mac um in south just over the south australia border and it was only last week or yeah last week pat um and i was fortunate enough to go down there so i normally fish the rough days but i picked a calm day to go down i didn't think there was going to be as many boats but there was now the problem with this at port mac right now I've looked. I looked on the day, and I looked the day before. The whole there's one patch of bluefin. Mm. They're showing up within a footy field in a certain area. So if divers get there first and they're jumping, on, like, what am I doing as a fisherman? <laughs> this is what I, this is the hard bit. Now on that day that I had, oh, and I get that they they are they are entitled. To, they are entitled to, to it to jump in the water. I'm all for spear fishing, and I'm all for bait fishing, and I'm all for lure fishing. Now I'm gonna. These are the three arguments we're gonna talk about. What I mean by bait fishing is that day I went there. It ruined my day, straight up. It ruined my day. But then it also made my day positive. Now, what I mean by this is I rocked up and I was fortunate enough to hook the first fish. The bait come up in front of me. I pulled through. I hooked one for about 10, 15 minutes and I lost it straight away. Pulled the hooks on a lure. 
Why I was... You had a long day that day. <laughs> you called, you I, called me on and off for about five hours. It, uh, it was one of those days where... And when I say this, Pat, it's the most. It's like a David Attenborough documentary. There are barrel bluefin jumping out of the water. It is amazing. 150 kilo fish le- leaping out of the water. The problem is, because I'm lure fishing and trolling my lures around, these bait fishermen are scooting from bait to bait in glass conditions at 100 miles an hour. So you, basically, as a lure fisherman... You're never, ever going to beat the bait fisherman to the ball. You're yep. not going to. They're just scooting and they're throwing pillies in. And yep. what I mean by bait... they're pulling right up on the... They're stopping on yep. top of them. Now, on this day, this is where I thought was really done by some people fishing, was there was 30 boats doing the same thing. Now, I'll give you the hint. Not one... F- I think... Oh, sorry. When I hooked that first one, there was one guy that got a couple of two on a pilchard and lost them, double hook up on pillies. But from then onwards, there was not a single barrel hooked on anything. Spooking them. Spooking them completely. Now, not one. Wouldn't you change your methods and start going, oh, maybe let's put the lures out? I don't know. I'm just trying to think. People get desperate, though. They do. Like, you know. And they're consistently doing this, consistently do it. They pull up, the fish get pulled down. But then all of a sudden, the spearos are in the water. And I'm trawling lures. So the problem you've got being spearfishing is a lure hitting you, line running around you if someone hooked up and hurting you severely. Um, But also, the big one that I'm scared about is the diver, uh, the driving the boat knowing where your spearfishermen are. And I've seen live videos on Facebook this week, people screaming at each other, I've got divers there. They're yelling and carrying on. They're coming up with their barrel tuner and there's a boat driving over the top of this them. This is going to end in... Yeah. I'm, and don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking bad about anything that I've done here. All I'm talking about is we need to somehow fix this. Yep. Um, I don't know how it's going to be fixed because this is a new revelation. I think it might be a phase, Pat. It might fall off. Another positive in... Um, in uh, the spearfishing side of it is they can only really do it on certain conditions. Yeah, clarity of water is a must. So do we need to be more patient, perhaps? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. As a fisherman side of things, if you're running your boat, it's going to be a very hard one to monitor. But just be mindful, please. If there's flags up, I'm a diver. I love my diving. But the first thing I do is get away from boats. But just be mindful if you are out there that people throwing baits in. Oh, how it made my day positive was I trolled lures all day and the boats disappeared. I packed up the lures, had the barrels bust up in front of us. So I'd been trolling lures all day. I refused to put a bait in. I packed all the lures up. I had one rod with a with a with a gamma on the end of it, ten o. I said to Bobby, just throw it in. No, not joking, yeah. He threw it in as it hit the water, barrel, poof, out of the water, ate our pilly, we landed the fish 113 kilo 40 minutes later. So, in saying that, I've talked bad about him for the day, but I, got, but I didn't do it all day. There was only five boats there then. But the only reason I did it is because I didn't have the lures out and we're about to go in. But that's how a day can change is quick fishing. And I know the method works. The method's a fantastic method. Yep. That's not the point. The point is there's lure fishermen, there's bait fishermen. Think smart. If it's not working, it's not working. Be mindful for divers in the water. I'm not going to get too much into it anymore because I'll get myself into trouble. But that there is sort of my little argument on it. Um, just be mindful of people in the water because, yeah, it's, it's, it's someone's going to get killed. Let's get into the show. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? You're listening to Real Adventures for the BF Goodrich TAKM3. Built to climb, made to mud, and created to conquer. Now it's time for the Social Club. Thanks to BF Goodrich Tyres. What are you building for? You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventures Show, as well as Twitter and Instagram to join in the ton... The conversation. The conversation. Tom Francis is first up, Redmond. Snapper combos worth purchasing as we head into warmer weather. Righto, if you're going to spend a bit of money, um, I like to... What's a bit of money? Um, what are you saying? 500 bucks? Yeah, 600 not, bucks? As a combo? Yep. Uh, yes. 
Yep, every bit of it. Um, I use this stuff, like I said, it's my job. You don't go to a, tools, uh, a work site and um, see people using spanners that would be using a um, some sort of tool to a system. So I... Uh, you uh, really like, don't yeah. use the, the building reference when you don't really have a clue well, about building. I would have or... been a builder, but there's no left-handed screwdriver. So <laughs> 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 No, it's like using... You need to use a good tool. So Saragossa 5000 is my go-to on yeah. an Elevate 15... If you, if you knew what a tool... if. You... I've never done a bit of work in my life. <laughs> One tool is you. Sorry. Let's you talk throw about, a pen at me. Let's, let's talk about the... Your Saragossa 5000 yep. is going to be the real choice. Yep. Um, the reason I'm going to say 5000, you can go 4000, four and a half, so you can go six. You can choose your size, whatever you want to use in a reel. Stratic's another good one. But the reason I like the Saragossa 5000 is that because then I can um, save you a few dollars and bounce that into being a snapper rod off... Uh, sorry, a gummy rod offshore. So you can run that with 30-pound braid Yep. I like my braid, which will cover you offshore. You'll get, you'll get small kings on that as well. Oh, as easy. Like, yeah. Yeah, easy. The only thing that I probably would recommend changing to the reel is matching uh, the rod towards it with a little bit more weight if you are targeting offshore. So the Elevate, the Samurai Elevate, is the rod by choice, 15 to 25 pound. Yep. Um, and then I'd go into the Osprey. Length of it? Um, they're about seven. Foot? I think about seven. Yep. Um, but I think I'd, it's good to have a little bit of extra length. I like the tip on a rod, yep. but then... Offshore, and I know we're talking about that, but the heavier rod I'd use if you were to choose one to cover both, your Osprey around that sort of 20 to 40 pounds. Just that little bit more go in it because shark's offshore. But we weren't talking about that. It was snapper in the bay. Yep. But, or even snapper offshore, Pat. You got the Osprey, which I'd probably use offshore too. So 5,000, 30-pound braid, 15 to 25-pound, pushing 20 to 40-pound on a heavier rod. That's going to cover all your snapper needs. What about you, Patrick? You are going to give us one on a bit more on the budget side of things? Uh, well, not really. Okay, because you're... Stella? No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just another thousand bucks yeah. on Stella. I just think with with Stratix, and obviously they're um, they're they're not quite as set up for say say kingfish is what a um, what <laughs> what were you talking about? I was talking about the Saragossa. Saragossa. You've lost your plot. <laughs> no, they're not quite as set up for for kingfish is what a Saragossa is. You should stick um, to a football. I stick to rods and not talk. But, with with Shimano's new Stratic that they've brought out, um, I question the need to spend any more on, BFL. on that range of reels. They're awesome reel for three hundred odd dollars. It's as good as you get for that price range. If, if you do want to go cheaper, the bait runners is your common one. I yep. don't actually like the reels because no one uses bait runners, or eighty percent of people don't use them. And an ugly stick, sixty eighty bucks if you want something cheaper. Yeah, absolutely. But that's my go to. Um, next question is um, I've got one. Or do you, you, want- you, you, you go. Tom Allen, uh, Aaron, do you prefer through-mount GPS navigation or do you prefer to have it... Uh, through hull? No, sorry. Oh, it sorry. says through-mount. I'm guessing they're meaning flush-mounting flush mount, yeah. for a dash. Oh, right, yep. In the GPS combo or do you have it bolted on to the top of your dash? Yeah, yep. so being- through-mounted or... Just sitting yeah, flush, there on top. Flush mounted onto your, into your dash if you've got one big enough. I don't think there's anything that looks as good as that. It's a really neat option. Um, the one thing I will say with it does look sensational. Nothing mm-hmm. beats it. The only problem is just the angles. You're about to say you're looking down at it. Yeah, that the, uh, that the yeah. dashes are set up at. If there's really good angle to it, it's it obviously works well. But you want to, with the size of the... The, the good thing have now, like they say, you know, fifteen odd. Well, I've got a sixteen-inch mine. Perfect. So you yeah. can see that from the back of the boat, but you can't if there isn't a decent angle. Well, to the it. good thing with my boat is the Stabies dash sits up quite high. Yeah. So it's not like a normal, um, I guess, 
um, traditional Hanes 19R or anything where they're quite low. You're driving with your hands down low. I drive quite high. Yeah. So the da- it's, it's good visibility for me, and it, it's up high enough to the seats. You can see it if you are back a bit. Because um, that will be the next change that I have on my next North Bank. It just sat too flat. Yeah, I'm just trying to... Look, yeah, I'm trying looked to... great, but it just sat Didn't too... have the right angle. No, it just sat too yeah. flat in the dash, whereas the next one... Well, we can be, have it. We can be greedy as well and chuck in... The second one, and I'll happily have that bracket mounted next to me on another sixteen inch, just on the just on the side of the Stabies dash there. Thanks, well, Garmin, great, please. Our great mate uh, Mark Lacroix. Lecker's got about four in his boat. Lecker's got too much money. He's got twin sixteens, and then he's got that pivoting one that comes off the hard top at the back. Which, if if you've got the dollars to afford something that can pivot off your hard top, you know, can sit in a corner. Has he any money left? He's not even playing footy anymore. <sighs> Crayfish. Crayfish. <laughs> Crayfish. Um, yeah, so I think it's all it's all around the angle of the screen that you can get because there's nothing, obviously, that beats um, flush mounting it. Yeah, exactly. Bob Evans, how to stop my boat from swinging this snapper season? Now, it's a ripping question because it's probably one of the most common questions in snapper season. A uh, couple of things to do. Firstly, wind and tide, extremely important. Wind and tide together, it's going to reduce the swing of the boat. You still swing a little bit, but it's going to reduce the swing of the boat. If you have a tide favouring away, I'm not going to harp onto it. There's numerous episodes you can find us on our on iTunes, on the podcast, Real Adventures. Check it out. Um, bridle in your boat pack. You can change the direction of your boat, but what it also does is stops your boat from swinging. Your boat still swings a little bit, but not necessarily side to side where it affects your rods pulling either way. So bridling is really good. Something to learn on. And what it is, is a rope that attaches to your anchor rope. Then attaches to your back of your boat, and you can change the direction of the angle to the back of your boat's facing. So that there is how you're going to do it this um, this this snapper season. Also, you can watch all the videos on Salt Guide as well. So check it out there, saltguide.com.au. If you've got a question that you want to send in to us, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Real Adventures Show, as well as Twitter and Instagram. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tires. What are you building for? On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. It's time for all aboard. Thanks to Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Whether you're on the road or out at sea, Dometic has you covered. Our special guest this morning, Redmond, is Bruce Alvey from, of course, Alvey Reels, which yep. next year celebrates its 100th year. One of very few real manufacturers, well, the only that I actually know of, that still hand make their reels in an economy now that is far more concerned with turning over dollars and making sure you make as much money as possible. Production line. LV Reels has maintained its stance around building quality and for it to be you know, built in Australia um, and hand constructed in Australia is just something that we should be all very proud of and no one more proud than Bruce. Good morning, Bruce. Morning, boys. How are you all? We're going great, thanks. Very excited to have you on today. Now, Thank you. Bruce, a few years back... Um, things were really tough, obviously, for the business. You put up a Facebook post um, in regards to the fact that you would be having to shut down. Can you talk us through how difficult that was to come to the realisation that the business was going to have to shut and then conversely, the (laughs) incredible response that you had from anglers around the country? Yeah, well, it was sort of heartbreaking for the family to uh, have to make that decision. But, you know, as a business operator, you've got commitments to your uh, your staff 
and we are fortunate enough that the company has been well managed over the years. We owned our own property, so that was a, a big saving. Uh, but you know, you have to do the these days. There's redundancy payments and everything that needs to be committed for. So we got to a stage where we said, you know, we just cannot keep going the way we are. And uh, in July 2017, we made that uh, announcement that we would have to shut the doors due to just lack of sales. Some of that's due to our own um, doing in that we make a reel that lasts for 50 years. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> But when we did that, we had that post received something like over 700,000 people looked at it. Then we got about 3,000 plus personal messages, most saying, please don't go and thank you for everything. And a couple of people told us where we went wrong, but uh, yeah, the very vast majority were all fully supportive to us. And then the next thing, orders started coming in because people didn't want to miss out. They, oh, I've got to get parts. I've got to get another reel. My, my daughter's pregnant and she's going to have a boy and he won't ever have an LV reel, so I better get one for him, one for this, one for that. <laughs> and, yeah, the sales just went ballistic for for quite a while until we filled all that. We had to employ more staff uh, to get all that out. And then it uh, sort of... During that time, uh, where it did slacken off again, um, we the uh, one of the banks bought out a person to meet us, who, who's Mr. Con Athens, who's a, a semi-retired entrepreneur from the Gold Coast, and um, yeah, he said it was look too good a brand and too good a product to let die. We just need to market it differently. So uh, yeah, so that started our relationship with him and then now we're heading down the 100 year um, path and we've got some new products coming out for that and uh, and we've, we've actually been going to release a small range of spinning reels which <laughs> a lot of people have had uh, um, heart palpitations about but anyway it's uh, <laughs> as uh, Con, Con said look it's a massive part of the market and there's no reason why we shouldn't have a little share of it so and so we're not bringing out big reels in competition with our surf reels but we've got a small range of reels for boat fishing and um, estuary and uh, that sort of work river fishing uh, to content or add on to complement the rest of a range of the deep sea reels and surf reels. It's certainly been an iconic reel for a, a really long period of time. When I think of surf fishing, I think of LV reels. Can we go back to, well, certainly early in the 19th uh, century to when um, your great-grandfather, Charles LV started producing it? Do you know the, the history behind it? Like, how did it all come about? Obviously, a passion yeah. for fishing is one thing, but to turn it into your occupation and to start building yeah, equipment well, he, is another. Yeah, no, well, he actually had a little bike repair shop in the middle of Brisbane, and on the other side of the road was a sports shop. And he used to do bike repairs. And then the guy over the sports shop apparently said, oh, would you be interested in doing some fishing reel repairs? So he started off doing that. And then at some stage, he decided he could, uh, he reckoned he could build a better reel than what was on the market currently. And um, then he started 
doing some own his own design work and building a reel and in 1920, that was the initial stage where they started commercially producing uh, reels at St Lucia, and um, they were uh, totally timber back with a brass crucifix cross and line guide and timber spools to start with, uh, the very early ones, and then it progressed to full cast metal backs, then sheet metal backs, and then up to today's injection moulded graphite backs. But but that's how it all started from repairing fishing reels. Bruce, uh, you pride yourself on your surf fishing reels, and something really important with surf fishing is obviously being able to get that long cast out to you want to get it. And uh, I'm just reading on your website here that the late, the late Jake Alvey won a long-distance casting medal at the International ca- Casting Championship. How fast? How far was that cast with an Alvey reel? Uh, I'd, I'd have to go and look on the wall. Has it not got it on the on the post? But it was something like six over 600 feet or something like that. So yeah, it, it was a long cast. <laughs> Um, can I take you back to, to Con and, and his involvement? Because that's obviously a big decision to go from, um, you know, the challenges of staying open to then bringing in some new people to help drive the brand. Um, it's been a really successful one, obviously, with his his vision for it. He, he's I've read some quotes from him. He, he said he didn't want to be known as a saviour. He just wanted um, to help out an iconic brand that he really believed in. Mm. Yeah, look, he's very passionate about it, and uh, and what's good too is he's come in from outside the industry. So his background was in the food industry, in a very big company, and uh, but he brings a new set of eyes to our industry, and uh, yeah, so we're marketing differently in that we're not selling reels through every shop now. We're in a partnership with certain shops that become our um, Alvi authorised retailers so hopefully it's a win-win situation then for um, you know if you know you've got a product that's got limited out let's you look after it and service it um, with a, a bit more pride and, and love than somebody that's just in there to turn volumes over and um, sell it ridiculous prices and just cause havoc in the industry sort of thing so yeah so we're trying a totally different approach and uh see where we go from there oh we love it now we really appreciate you you coming on the show uh today bruce and talking about the reels and obviously your family that that started it um you know nearly a hundred years ago today and let's hope it's uh, it's in existence for another few hundred years to come because it's an iconic <laughs> reel. Um, I've got them in the in the shed. I got actually one of my first reels was an LV reel that I got from Dad. So uh, thanks for coming on Real Adventures this morning. We're looking forward to to obviously the new spin reels that you've got coming out. Um, but as you said, one of the problems with LV reels is you build them and they last for fifty years. So they're an incredibly um, you know, they're a great quality real Redman for, for yeah. a couple of hundred bucks or less than. Well, less so. than, yeah. They're yeah. not even quite no, that. So. Well, that, but that's what we say. I mean, you know, how many products can you buy that are going to last that long? And when you look around today, there's, 
you know, which you can spend hundreds of dollars on a phone, and you're lucky if it lasts two or three <laughs> years, and that's it. And you, and you got to literally throw it away and uh, and go buy a new one, sort of thing. So can't it, catch it, a fish with yeah. a phone either, Bruce. No, no, it's all it's the quality and it's the getting out there with your family in the sun, salt water, and enjoying life. Exactly right. For more information on LV Reels. Visit lv.com.au. Bruce Elvie, thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning, Bruce. Thank you, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Bruce Elvie from LV Reels. Now, there is a limited edition uh, 650 or 6.5-inch uh, cedar spool that's coming out for its 100th year. I'm not sure how many of those Reels Redmen are going to see salt water. I think they may be going straight to the pool room as, as collector's items. But Did you know there's 121 days, 11 hours and 3 minutes till their 100th anniversary? The countdown <laughs> is on. That was Bruce Elby. If you're interested in Elby Rears, as I said, make sure you go on their website and support a great Aussie manufacturer, lv.com.au. Now it's time for Red's Review. Now, Redmond, we're talking the plan and the build of a new boat today. So we we're in the planning stages. I'm in the planning stages of replacing my North Bank 650. The conversation at the moment is very much around the 650 or the 750 and the the argument between there's going to be an argument here, I can see, because the argument between towing on the limit, which is obviously what the 750 will be, yep, with a 350 single engine, it comes in at about three one. Now we're looking at twins for our real adventures boat. You're looking at twins, if it was my which opinion. Well, be... I'm paying for it. You'll be driving it. Um, <laughs> so I won't argue. that'll that'll come right in on the three and a half ton mark. Now our review is around um, pushing the limits of trailering because it's the last thing that you want a three and a half ton boat coming through the back window and sailing over the car we've seen it on on, on social media um of accidents that happen yep um where do you sit with it obviously well, for, firstly i i think the most important thing what you just said was obviously you need a car to tow the weight that you've just spoke about so um your car um ford everest is the three and a half ton towing yep. uh, on the tow ball but there's yep. rules and regs that I don't even know that come into play that I don't even think the police know how to regulate them properly um, it um, it it's one of those things where um, you need to know exactly what your car can tow and this is tow ball weight as well as distribution through the actual whole trailer itself which is what people forget they get caught out in this so that you can have your your trailer weighing in at you know three three point four tons. Sweet, I'm underneath the uh, the legal limit, but the weight on the tow ball can be another three hundred kilos in itself, which then takes you over the limit. Well, I think the most important thing to do here, Pat, for people that are towing, including yourself, is getting a good set of electronic brakes. Um, I couldn't harp on it to any more than. Well, I'll be the first to admit, um, in my past, I've towed without electronic brakes when I should have had them. Um, I'll, the difference is stuck. Oh, you don't understand. Now, the different, the safety reasons. I can be driving, and I've I've proved it. And I've got a great system in my in my car, and I can be driving flat stick towards like, and then all of a sudden something happened. And or oh, here's an example: we had a koala run out from us in Port Mac the other day. <laughs> Thought it was a wombat, so I tried to brake. If I didn't have the system, there was no chance of me stopping before I got to it. There was no chance. Like you said before, you're gonna have that. Big that ton boat fly through your back window if you don't have your braking system. Yep. So 
as you, <laughs> you know, you, how much have you felt? How much a boat pushes you from behind? As soon as you don't have, and I had a few issues with. Um, with you actually had issues on, yeah, yeah, with my red arc, which is um, that's what I run red arc. Yeah, yep, with my system. So, and, and as soon as it wasn't there, all of a sudden it's the car that's braking, not the trailer, and it, it, you can, it shifts the car. It's horrible. It's a horrible feeling. Shocking. And I, like I said, I'm the first to admit I've driven when I'm supposed to have brakes. I have numerous times, um, and also I've done. I've also had the, what you know how you got your little your little gauge on the side of your car to control how much pressure. I think it's zero to ten. Yep. Um, you can control it up by feel. I actually do it if it's wet. Um, if it's dry, you can have it off a bit. If it's wet, and you do want to have that little bit more traction on the ground, some will say back it off so you don't skid. But I like adding a bit just to be able to stop around a corner. Um, yeah, it's scary. It's it's good to be able to control how much weight you want to put on the brakes to stop your boat. But it is scary. And Red Arc is a great brand to use. Uh, I know you had a little bit of drama with it. It's what I've used, and oh, we're not, we've got no alignment with them either with Red Arc. It's no, just I've got it in my car, and you do too. So it's um yeah, it's a great brand to use, and just be smart and use your brakes when you are buying a big boat. As soon as you, we're talking, you know, multi-tons, it's just one of those things that you just can't... There's no there's no risk worth taking with it because it's just too dangerous. So um, there's a whole heap of different um, yep. products that you can go... Like Red Arc, as we had discussed, is a really popular one. Um, there's the ELBC2000, which is an electronic brake converter as well. Um, there's the Red Arc Tow Pro Elite, the Red Arc... Um, Classic. Now these are all different um, different models. Obviously, Heyman Reese do a Sentinel, which is the same thing. Um, they've got a few different models as well. Uh, Teconcha Voyager, which is, I suppose, it's the most bulky version of it. it sits next to your uh, next to your steering wheel, but it's more like a di- like a dialing. Yeah, not a is. dial. It's more like a push across, like an, in the old Commodore. You push your thing yeah, across. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Exactly. Like the reason we have the red arc is because it's literally it, it takes a bit more to install obviously yep. and it sits in underneath your transmission so it, it works pretty well so that's the conversation we're having at the moment and we're having another conversation just quickly if you get a single engine on a 650 uh, sorry twin engines on a 650 I'm going to have to slap you you're not a fan of twin engines are you not on a 650 your boat performed perfect with a single you're only going for it because it's the am I allowed to say this the wank factor it's two engines on the back it looks good how good does it look <laughs> How good does it look, he says. Uh, (laughs) That was Red Review. This is Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tires. What are you building for? You're listening to Real Adventures for the BF Goodrich TAKM3. Built to climb, made to mud, and created to conquer. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tyres. Escape with BF Goodrich Tyres and Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. You'll be having a few Great Northerns, the uh, the Salo, won't you? I was planning to last week and really enjoyed my night, but you lost. Yes, yes. <laughs> Too soon? We did. The AFL Grand Final is on, obviously, this afternoon. It's GWS taking on the Richmond Tigers. Good luck to both mobs. Good luck to both mobs. Your tip, Redmond? Tip this week... No, I was going to say your tip for the grand final. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do that. Uh, I'm, I think Richmond will win, but I'm going to go for GW. I'm supporting GWS. 1-39 to on the line. You're probably getting me on the sports bet out here, TAV or something. 1-39, Jeremy Cameron, four more, and Dusty to kick one. Dusty to kick That's... one. I think Richmond are going to be hard to beat. I think Bashar Hooley is going He's to be. He's a gun. He is. I think he's going to be. And very respectable the... guy. And that's one of... 
great friend of our Real Adventure show. I think he's going to be the Norm Smith medalist, first goal kicker. Is that because I didn't give it to him a couple of years ago? <laughs> <laughs> he was very... He got the 10 coaches votes that day. Um, going with uh, uh, Tom Lynch to kick first goal. All right, Red's tip for New Age Caravans. New Age Caravans, spring and a summer sale now on. Visit your local dealership for more details. Redmond. Yes, Red's tip this week. Go out fishing today because there's going to be no one on the water. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> 2 o'clock onwards. 2 o'clock onwards, you've got it to yourself. Um, I won't be doing that. Me and Jamison have got a date. But we... Um, we um, the snapper season's coming. Now, Burley's a massive question. Uh, I don't Burley a lot for snapper. And I know a lot of people do. There's no right way to do it. But you, if you are going to Burley and uh, you are fishing a bit deeper, a good way to do it is a secret weapon, it's called. Go to your tackle stores. Most tackle stores have them. I don't want to describe what they look like, but it's a red-shaped cone circle thing, long. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically, it opens and shuts, and you can fill it with pilchards. So if you're fishing in that 20 metres of water and you're throwing burly out, the natural tidal influence in Port Phillip Bay, even at the top end, does pull your pillies away from you. This way, you can drop it down on a rod, and it opens up and puts the pillies actually where you are fishing. Yeah, it's called a secret weapon. Another good way to do it is a burly cage, but you and find... you can get those mo- uh, from most good tackle stores. Yeah, pretty much. I've, every one that I've been to, I know that Tackle Santa World... Yep, yeah, Tackle, tackle World in Geelong, yep. where they have it too. So, yep. um, yeah, secret weapon. They're a great utility to your, to your snapper fishing. And you've also got your burly cage, but don't burly too much because the old frogs will come in and take all your baits. That was Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Spring into summer sale now on. It's time for the flying gaff. I thought this may have been heading the way of a few divers, but it's no, not. I like a diving scene, I as, do. As we head into summer, um, we love seeing photos of fish, and you, you're directing this week's Flying Gaff for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions. You're directing it towards capture. I Film capture. I really like our Salt Guide members. I've got a lot of time for them. They send photos in. They send photos in. But when you send a photo in and you've cut half the gummy shark's head off and there's blood dripping down the the fish's face and it's hanging off onto your legs. This isn't Rambo. No, it's not. And in this snapper season, don't go holding the fish by grabbing your hands around the fish and poking your two fingers in the eye of the fish (laughs) and having blood dripping out their gills or whatever you're doing. It's not hard to get a nice photo. Look, go to my Instagram. Actually, I'm going to start up a a salt guide page. Actually, I'm going to do a salt guide video. Every species... How to hold a fish to get a ripping photo. Best way to uh, to capture a fish, of course, is take a photo when it's alive. Yes. Give it a quick clean while it's alive, and away you go. Because as soon as you kill it, it loses its color, and game game over. Right, that's the Flying Gaff. This has been Real Adventures for BF Goodrich Tires. What are you building for? And for Thirsty Camel and Great Northern, the perfect outdoor companions, we're going fishing. The grand final's on the Savo. We'll catch you then. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.